We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. There's a line drive down the left field line. Fair ball. It'll score two runs. Back to the wall. Tommy Pham. And this ball is gone. Three-run homer for Mateo. Swung on a drill. Deep to right field. Way back. Trouble in fair. And it's gone. Inside the foul pole. A two-run homer. Strike three pump. Fastball right there. He doesn't think so. And he's going to get ejected. He's gone. Printing out there to try to Uh-oh. protect Bogarts. And now Alex is gone. There's a line drive down the left field line. It's a fair ball. It hits on the grass. It's going all the way to the wall. One run is scored. Two runs have scored. Here comes a third runner to the plate. A three-run double for Tommy Fan. There's a drive right center field. The gap shot deep by the wall. And it bounces out of play. It's a ground rule double. Swing it a high pop fly. Shallow left center field. Center fielder in. Shortstop out. Mullins calls, ball game over. The Orioles win the first game of the series as they beat the Red Sox 15-10. Wow, comedy of errors. Late night, W-E-E-I. This is Red Sox Review. Comedy of errors, not funny at all. 15-10, Red Sox lose. And can I tell you, the Red Sox lost in the first inning. Second and third, here's the story of the here's the story of the year. You got people in scoring position, you leave them on base. You leave 10 on base for the night. I'm impressed with the dance that Xander Bogarts did before as he threw his bat down because it was an indice of the frustration of this team that's going on. See, cuz out of the Yankees series, I said the Red Sox can turn this entire season around if they sweep both the Pirates and the Orioles. And after a couple games against the Pirates, it looked like it was coming. Then it gets shellacked last night. It carries over into tonight. I, I, I can't see how this season is manageable from this point on. And this kind of goes back to what Bloom didn't get for this team last year, which is pitching... This is what I've been saying the whole time. So look at it. Look at it this way. The Sox only have nine games left against non-contending playoff teams. So for those who are like, well, hey, they got all these games. They got people who are in playoff contention. Well, their win percentage against these contending teams they still have to play is 346. And against the non-playoff teams that are still remaining, 444. There's no winning in there. So... Just take all the runs that they've scored and have given up against these uh, contending teams. The Sox, on average, lose 5-3. to three. 
On the bad teams, they lose 5-4. to four. So since the All-Star break, because this is Himes' new developed team, and I give him a little credit because he took care of some of the issues at the bottom of the order, it doesn't feel as desperate at the bottom of the order, and it doesn't feel as unsure at the top of the order. And with the turn of Kike Hernandez, that's going to help a lot. I actually would kind of like him in that nine spot, but we still have to find out, is this injury with Tommy Pham more than just a, uh, more than just a day thing? If you ask yourself, how many times have the Red Sox scored more than five runs and won a game since the All-Star break? Three out of 25. Does it sound like tonight? Does it sound like how many times did the Red Sox give up more than four runs and win? Once out of 25 games since the All-Star break. And that is the problem right there. 617-779-7937, 617-779-7937, the text line, 37937. Did you enjoy Cutter Crawford's nine earned runs today? Gosh. See, skipping it on the pitching and not solidifying something, whether it be on the front end. Look, the pitching did their job for a couple of weeks, but it, this is a, this is a several-month season. If you think you're going to catch these better teams, you're not going to catch them out hitting then because the Sox have only won one game where they gave up more than four runs in the last 25. Now, I think the Sunday game that they'll be playing against Baltimore, the Little League game where they'll be moving to Williamsport, PA, they play that tonight. I can't think of the last time I've seen a ball hit a backstop, bounce back to the catcher, and the runner be thrown out at second in the major leagues. That is all Little League stuff right there. And if you're looking at what the Red Sox are doing against the teams that they have that they're fighting for something, it looks like the Little Leagues. Going into the night, four and five against Baltimore. That's now four and six. Minnesota, two and two. Yankees, six and seven. Toronto, uh, Toronto, three and ten. Tampa, two and eight. That's going to turn around suddenly. I mean, my goodness. Texas, Kansas City, and Cincinnati, the only teams left that they have to play that have nothing really to play for. Two and one against Texas, one and three against Kansas City, and have split with Cincinnati. Now, how many times did the Red Sox give up less than five runs and win since the All-Star break? 11 out of 25. That's when the pitching showed up. But now... After these last two games, do you really believe this pitching staff, the way they're just, I mean, my goodness, that hanger to, to give Baltimore that first lead from Cutter Carp, you, you, you knew that was going. And it kept going, and it kept going. And how frustrating must it be for a team that continues to fight back? My God, this, they got the game back to like 10-9. You score nine runs, and you haven't caught up. Because the pitch, oh, God bless Sour Moore. Whew. Hey, it went in fast, it went out fast. So I guess, you know, when it's ugly, get it over quick, get out of there. But this is what happens when you go on the cheap, when you try and piecemeal together, when you try to put Humpty back together after a lot of them have fallen off the wall, that's the pitching staff. And Hein Bloom's just not invested. You just think you're going to outswing people. Well, guess what? Ten runs tonight was not enough. You would figure... If you scored five runs two days in a row, you should win both of those games, not the Red Sox. And so with Toronto, just think of how hopeful people started to feel. 
once you went into the Pittsburgh series, once they went to Pittsburgh, you're like, you know what? If they can get, someone said, like, if they can win like eight of nine, uh, no, I said, show me you win six in a row because if you're five games out of the wild card spot, other things can happen where you can get it down to two or three games and make it manageable. Think about if there was half of, there's this old saying that old people used to say when I was growing up, it's like, well, I can't give you much when you go off to college, but I can give you a piece of a car. It's a piece of a pitching staff. Like if this pitching staff was just, I don't know, let's say 25% better, it's probably 10 games better than what it is now. And look what the Yankees are doing. What I predicted months ago. The Yankees would kind of fall apart in August, and they just conti- they lose again tonight. And yet, you're no, no needles being moved. Just think about when this team was the number one wild card team. And if they could have maintained some type of balance at that time, started thinking about getting some pitching. When you saw that Chris Sale went down, is it an emergency enough to go get a quality fifth starter or a long reliever that can eat up four or five innings for you? Because if you know that's what you're going to be pushing your, your staff through, just a bunch of piecemeal guys, maybe you just make one person who eats up a lot of the pie who's really good. And that wasn't done. And so where at the trade deadline, everybody's ire and focus was on, will Xander stay? Are you ever going to give Devers a deal? What's the real story with Trevor Story's hand? Duran can't hit. He's having issues with the media and press and so forth. Like, I give Heim credit because by getting by getting famine here, by getting Hosmer in here, uh, by giving Ref Snyder more reps because this guy can play. You're, you're, you're getting away from the Dahlback conversation. You get away from the Jaron Duran conversation, but it all comes back to the pitching. Now, before I go to Alex Cora, I've got to say, I, I, I got to know what he drew in, in, the, in the sand or in the, uh, in, the, in the batter's box because that was like Earl Weaver-esque, and I'm sure the people in Baltimore enjoyed it. But let's go to uh, Alex Cora now uh, talking at the press conference uh, post game. We thought the, the pitch was down and... You know, he he slammed his bat, and then he said something else. You know, I was late getting there. You know, I rather I need to be quicker. You know, I don't, I don't want him to get thrown out. You know, uh, if anybody is going to get thrown out in that situation, it's me. So we both got thrown out. Uh, we fought. You know, we put a good fight. You know, we kept fighting, but uh, obviously they were amazing today offensively. You look like you got out there pretty quick, though. I mean, try, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying, but um, yeah. Too bad. I don't know that I've ever seen you that upset before. Um, <laughs> I've been upset before. It's just, you know, it's one of those that I know he tried not to throw him out, right? And then, you know, he did. And that's what I was telling him. I was like, you know, like, just throw me out. Don't. But I was late. I was late. Yeah. Just upset. What <clears throat> do you think with Xander that's, you know, frustration that's been building up over? It was a ball. Yeah. You know, and they, they, you know, like, yeah. At the end of the day, it was a ball, you know, and I might get fine, whatever, but it was a ball, you know, and then and he, yeah, it's been it's been going on, and <clears throat> he tries to stay in the game, but, yeah, he was frustrated. What's up just to lose him in that, in that situation, knowing that you guys are just down two runs and, you know, we're them striking distance still with a lot of game? Yeah, I mean, uh, weird game. Uh, you know, sometimes... We get caught up in the score, and like you said, it's a two-run game regardless. It can be 20 to 18. It's a two-run game, you know, and uh, we, we put 
uh, some good at bats, and uh, you know, then they kept going. You know, they didn't stop; they were relentless. Uh, same, same. We did the same thing, but uh, you know, we got to take a look at it. You know, uh, where we pitch and what they did. You know, they hit everything: fastballs, cutters, breaking balls. You know, you call it, you name it. We call it; they hit it. You know, and uh, they're a good club. They're they're a really good club. And they, they they have some good hitters over there. They they do a lot of good things offensively. And tonight was a, a great night for them. Is Tommy okay? He came out of the game. Uh, just tight. Uh, his back. We'll see how he feels tomorrow. You guys come back and get to within a run. And then you're trying to get, keep yourself in the game with Ryan. And he just didn't have it tonight. Yeah, a lot of pitches in the middle of the zone. Uh, Urias, he put a good swing on a fastball. Uh, I think it was 2-2, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Mount Castle slider around the middle. He put a good swing on it. They just kept going. Uh, they didn't stop, and you know, uh, the score was a score. But uh, offensively, we did a lot of good things uh, on the mound. Uh, I mean, we got Strami in. Barnes he threw the ball well. Familia was good. But you know, the first part of the game was very tough for Cutter. We were talking before the game about kind of what a big stretch this is for the team. Uh, uh, how hard is it just to kind of to start that stretch, like? tonight's game. We got to show up tomorrow and win. That's, that's it, you know. Um, it's not a fun night. We ended up losing. So we just got to be ready for tomorrow. Making moves is presented. Ten- yeah, Alex Cora pretty much saying tomorrow we can't give up 15 runs and hope to outshoot them. Again, going into tonight, the Red Sox, when scoring more than five runs, winning the game, only three out of 25 tonight would be another loss. So three out of 26. If this Red Sox team has any chance, any chance, because now it's pretty much too late. Like there's not going to be a good pitcher on the waiver wire unless they play for the A's. And it seems like the A's are about to do a fire sale of the team. You know, they might be starting to sell woodworks here pretty soon, but my goodness, if you really believe that the Sox could turn it around and you have all this hope that, hey, when they play the teams that are in front of them, you pretty much know that the Red Sox, in order for them to make any type of noise, they're going to have to beat Team 6-3, 5-4. They can't do it. They haven't done it with this newly constructed team because the pitching staff is going to drop five easily. And it was getting better. Last two nights have not been a pretty sign. All right. Red Sox Review, KJ, thank you so much for hanging out here on WEEI, 617-779-7937, an abbreviated show. We come back, talk about the Patriots and their preseason win and what that may mean for the offense and for the team moving forward here on WEEI. Thank you so much for hanging out. Last week you described the uh, process of um, finding an offensive play caller. You said you were in the middle of a process. Uh, It looked like Matt Patricia was calling on the place tonight. Would you describe that process for something someone complete at this point? No, it's still a process. <laughs> Late night, WEEI. Thank you so much for hanging out. It's KJ. Uh, Patriots win tonight 20-10 to 10 against the Panthers after what's been an, an intense week with practices. Of course, what happened to uh, Wilkerson in terms of his concussion at practice. So it's good that things were kind of controlled on the field, though you did see Christian Barmore kind of get like one good shot in early on, which I think was kind of, Indicative of just how they felt over practice. Uh, a wonderment of maybe this is why Kendrick Bourne wasn't in today's game because of being removed from practice a couple days ago. So those things will still be figured out. But overall, if I gave the Panthers, I'm sorry, the Patriots a grade for tonight, I'd give them a B. 
Um, and I, it, it, we could be looking at a B plus. I think if you saw the offense play in the first game. But now I'm starting to understand a little bit why you didn't see Mac Jones in the first game because I, I I think I'm starting to realize that a lot of things really haven't been grasped because you do see small nuances in the offense that you saw kind of from the Tom days, but you didn't see last year. The quick passes at the line. Try and make things quicker for Mac Jones and let the receivers get the yards after catch. So I do like that spin right there because the thinking is, the longer you you put Mac in a situation where he's got to hold on to the ball, the better chance it, bad things are going to happen. And I think you saw uh, kind of like an insight to that with that sack on that opening uh, on the opening series. Um, I do wonder though if if Bill Belichick is going to carry three, three quarterbacks uh, because if you remember last year, uh, what's the guy's name that never even really got into the game? I can't even remember his name. You know, you, you never get. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. In there, uh... Stidham, that you know, Stidham was pretty much held on the practice squad, and it was just a Hoyer, Mac Jones thing. But with Bailey Zappi, you almost wonder: is this worth keeping to continue to push Mac? Because I think it's a good mirror type quarterback, right? Like you believe that Billy Zappi could do some of the same things that Mac does, and no, you're not saying that he's better than Mac. You would say this could make for a pretty healthy competition. In this realm of the development of Mac Jones, you know, like could Mac Jones be the next Drew Bledsoe and Billy Zappi be? Well, Lord forbid we say that, but to at least have that in place. So even when you know that a team is yours, you still want them to be able to earn and go after it. So here's Bill Belichick's thoughts on some of the things that he saw in tonight's game and during practice this week. Good to see our guys go out there and compete tonight. I thought, you know, they. Um, in all three areas, you know, put out put out a good effort. Certainly, there's things that we could do better and and uh, clean up. But um, uh, thought there was progress. You know, we had a we had a good week here, a couple of good practice days against Carolina, and, and then uh, you know some of the guys that didn't get as much reps, get as many reps in practice, got more reps. Um, you know, tonight. So I think we got a good, you know, pretty good look at everybody. Look at the film here, and you know, see how things went. But um, you know, another step in the in the process and uh we'll just keep keep grinding out here uh, look forward to the week um in vegas we, you know work with the raiders and, and uh josh and the coaching staff out there so it's another opportunity for us to you know continue to to build and, and evaluate our our team so um you know feel like we had a good week here and you know, ready for another yeah I, especially with nelson Aguilar, right because if you felt like you didn't see anything from him tonight that would be bit, a bit of a storyline but that deep pass along the sideline route, was absolute beauty. And that plays right into what Mac Jones does extremely well, is finesse the ball in the air for the deep pass. So if that continue, can be continued to be worked upon, plus some of the quicker game, the use of Ty Montgomery, you almost feel like this is kind of the the updated version of maybe a Cordelli Patterson uh, when he was here, but what they now do with him in Atlanta um, where clearly you think he's a third down back, but I think in in what looks to be this newer scheme that we're seeing, I don't think it's always going to be four 
you know, four yards in a cloud of dust on first down every, you know, with Damian Harris on first down all the time or with Ramondre Stevenson. I think there's going to be a switch up where, you know, because Ty Montgomery looks, he looks considerably bigger than when he was first coming to the league when he was with Green Bay. So that I like a little bit of the twists that are going on, and I now have a better understanding of why these things seem to be taking time. Um, again, I would still want to be able to know, like, and, and maybe this is why I ask, if Brian Hoyer isn't kept as the third quarterback, does he immediately move to coaching if he's released, right? If he's the third quarterback and Bill usually doesn't keep three QBs, yeah, you might keep him as a veteran, but you almost say, well, okay, well, if we're flying without a net, without an OC, then why would you need to carry a veteran to be behind Mac Jones? You would figure maybe if there's a veteran here that we can put in the offensive room, now we have a better liaison. And I'd be the first to tell you that's a form of innovation that I could see Belichick pulling off, right? That if Brian Hoyer becomes the guy that is no longer on the team, because you remember last year he went back and forth sometimes with practice squad and move him down to three quarterback, you might just say, let's move him into the offensive room. He knows the language. He knows the jargon. He's been here extensively and knows what Mac's weaknesses and strengths are from the offensive side. If you have that, then you see what Bill's plan is laid out. Um, again, I still need to need to see another sample in terms of the play calling. Um, I didn't think it was the worst that I saw. You know, the Billy Zappi, uh, you know, pick six situation. That's on the receiver. You know, that might have been Joe Judge putting his finger on the button. I don't know. That fourth and one going for it. That felt that felt a little Joe Judges Judgeish, but you know. Again, the defense was 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 on point for me. I, I had no issues with it. I you know I like what I saw out of uh, Tyquan Thornton, even though there seems to be a little bit of a shoulder issue. Jordan Humphrey is showing his weight, so pieces are starting to come together, and maybe more of what goes on on the field will be less of a distraction. That doesn't mean I'm buying them to be this so much more better team. I'm just saying tonight they earned a B, and maybe if they played some more of the starters in the first week, we might have seen a B plus. All right, Ethan, thank you so much for your work. Also, shout out to Bridget Prue for putting together that not montage uh, right after the Red Sox game. Uh, Red Sox again tomorrow, 410 here on WEEI. I'll be back Sunday morning for KJ and Dondero, 9 to 11 a.m. here on WEEI. Remember, you can listen on your smart speaker. Say, hey, Alexa, play WEEI 93.7, and it brings you right here. Have a great Friday night. Take care. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.